0: What's going on, friend? Thanks for tuning in to the WorkFaith podcast. At WorkFaith, we provide faith-based training and coaching for anyone who desires long-term employment. For marketplace leaders looking to grow in thought leadership, this podcast is for you. Our goal of this podcast is to equip you with ideas, leadership skills, and values to help you find true fulfillment in the intersection of work and faith. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Anthony Flynn, and I'm your host. Let's jump right in. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Work Faith Podcast. At Work Faith, our mission is to provide faith based training and coaching for anyone who desires long term employment. We love to speak in the career space. And one of my favorite things to do is interview some of the most powerful people on the planet. And my gosh, the person I have with us today represents that wholeheartedly. It's my honor to introduce. My great friend Sherry Riley, what an honor to have you here Sherry.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you my friend. I'm ex- Look, I have been looking forward to this all day. I'm getting to talk to one of my closest friends who is literally a genius. Oh, thank you. And we get to talk about my two favorite things, faith and work, work and faith. Yes, like this,
0: uh, I'm, yeah. well, I'm grateful for you. And we have a great topic that I know you're going to be able to just dive right into and pick apart in a great way. So our theme is all work and no play, meaning having you have conversations with the world around you know, exponential living, right? Yes. And And so actually, before we jump in, I'd love for you to tell people who you are. And a little bit of your backstory, feel free to take as much time as you prefer, uh, you know, because I I want people to understand you all. It's a gift. It's a privilege to have this lady right here uh, represented on our podcast so early on. She is in great demand literally a world phenom and uh and her brand is just continuing to grow and so sherry i'm glad we got you now because there's gonna come a point <laughs> where it won't be so easy to get you on the podcast so i'm grateful that you made space for a friend for a brother
1: oh absolutely and you know you always have carte blanche so
0: oh man the calendar
1: will get cleared when you call Oh, praise God. <laughs> but i am thank you so much i'm so excited to be here um So I always tell people, I'm just a small town girl from Kentucky uh, who literally trusted God enough to believe him when he told me around the age of 14, 15, um, that I would live in Atlanta. I had never been to Atlanta, that I would work in the music industry. There was no music industry in Atlanta at this time. Um, and I'm from Richmond, Kentucky, where the only thing we knew about the entertainment industry was Soul Train.
0: Wow. Okay,
1: that dated me, right? But I know you get it. Like-
0: <laughs> I know I knew about Soul Train. A lot of our listeners yes. may not, but I know about yeah.
1: Soul Train. So Soul Train was the, the, the equivalent of what YouTube is today, basically. And so I literally uh, went to the University of Louisville And honestly, Anthony, I could not give my talent away. Like I tried to intern at the records, at the uh, radio stations. I could not get an internship. Um, I literally called record executives and entertainment executives for four years. Um, Because in school they said, hey, if you know what you would like to do, just call executives, ask for a 15 minute informational interview, And so I tried that and for four and a half years made the calls. No one ever took my call. And so in college, I still had this dream of working in entertainment industry. And so I started my own radio program in college. I managed the DJs. I served as the entertainment editor of a local um, magazine, any and everything just to stay connected and learn And then eventually I'll, I'll, I'll do the thumbnail version, but after about five and a half years, um, I ended up getting an opportunity in Cleveland and that opportunity allowed me to, well, I should say the opportunity created the gateway, but I took the advantage of the moment and introduced myself to Gerald Levert and, um, ended up after him telling me, you know. I would love to talk about hiring you, but then he went on tour. And so for about six months, I went to his office meeting with his president, asking them, can I work here? I would bring marketing plans. I would bring concepts. And eventually one day he said, hey, if you can find a desk, you can stay. And that's that's how I got in the entertainment industry. Uh, and then fast forward, I ended up at LaFace Records. So I ended up about 10 years later at a record label in Atlanta where I was uh, over the marketing for Usher, Tony Braxton, TLC, Outkast, Donnell Jones, and um, I, literally my dream job, everything I ever wanted. I love the people I worked with. I was making six figures in my mid-20s. I brought my mother a home by 27 Unlimited expense account. I'm working with global superstars, right? I'm in the city that I love, and Anthony. I was absolutely miserable.
0: Mm, mm. talk about that and And by the way, I want to emphasize because our audience, and I'm gonna come right back to that, but I just you gave me a moment to insert. M- much of our audience may not be r and b or hip hop listeners. so so I so for those who are not aware, the names that Sherry called you all are legends, legends in the R and B and hip hop world. And of course, you've been around a number of gospel artists, but literally, you don't get any better.
1: Yeah, Usher, uh, sure. yes, wow. Tony Braxton, TLC.
0: Yeah, I mean, up close and personal, TLC. So many of them will will recognize those names, but literally, cream of the crop, top of the pack. Uh, Sherry, and, and then, of course, LaFace Records, when you were there, was definitely the cream of the crop, the premier place anyone would want to be uh, in the music industry when you talk about the R&B world. Uh, rhythm and blues were at the time. And it, you don't get any better, right? And so I just want to paint that picture for many of our yeah. listeners because it's such a diverse audience.
1: Yes. So. And I'll say the 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 face, it was owned by Antonio L.A. Reed and Kenny Babyface Edmonds. And with your listeners, I know a lot of them may not know the names, but you'll know the music from Whitney Houston, um, oh my gosh, to, uh, Bobby Brown, um, to boys, to men, boys to men's biggest record, um, all of that is is Babyface's music.
0: Absolutely. So uh,
1: that was that was my boss, and and still a good friend.
0: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, thank you. Because to give context, right? You lit when you said you were in a dream job. I want people to hear it was literally a dream job. Yes. <laughs> I mean, literally. literally. <laughs> I mean, there were there aren't thousands of people who would have switched with you. There were millions of people who would have loved to switch roles. Yeah. Millions. All right. And so painting a picture to hear you say you were in a job where millions of people would want to swap with you. And yet for you during that season of life, there was a pain point there. Can you talk more about that?
1: Yes, absolutely. That's when I realized, Anthony, that I was spending 100% of my time on 10% of who I was. I literally had this amazing career, but I didn't have a good life. And the truth of the matter is, I didn't know and no one around me knew that you could have both. I mean, there was this whole idea of, you know, the more you work, the better life you would have. And so if I'm unhappy, that means I need another promotion. Or if I'm unhappy, I don't have the right home. I didn't buy the right car. If I'm unhappy, I need to get married. I need to have a child. And so there was this idea that all of my happiness, all of my joy, all of my peace was external. So I needed to work harder and I needed to work harder. And so the, the, the thing about me being miserable is it wasn't the job. It wasn't the people. It wasn't what I was doing because I loved all those things. I still love doing those things. But what I realized is that if I did not have the core, which is peace, and, and the great thing is I can speak freely here is when I say peace, My favorite book says Ephesians 2.14, He is our peace. And so the core of it was I needed that intimate relationship with God. I needed that consistent relationship with Him to understand where that peace was. And then when I got the peace, it brought clarity right it brought clarity on how to make decisions what's most important needs to be most important so for me if family was most important then i needed to create margin in my life to have the career and have a good life and so i gained clarity and my favorite book says that um, clarity only comes from wisdom and wisdom only comes from the word of god so i needed to live learn and love that word of god and then anthony when you bring peace and clarity together Oh, my God, you get the courage to do anything, anything. And so I was able to make decisions that were most important, not just for a career, but most important for a good life. And the career was a component of it. And again, I go back to my favorite book. Courage only comes from power. And the only real power we have is from the Holy Spirit. And so what I realized is that in that place of having this amazing career, it did not have to cost me my peace. It definitely couldn't rob me of my clarity. And if I really wanted to have the life I desired, I needed the courage to make honest decisions. There's a difference between a good decision and an honest decision, right? That's so (laughs) beautiful.
0: That's so good cherry oh that's so good you know look our theme is work and play but you taking me you're taking me some other places here so that which I knew I knew getting connected with you here would, would possibly do and
1: but can I say something about that but it really does align with work and play because I never played now here's someone who in in, in college my theme in college was, I work hard and I play harder. My theme in college was Sunday through Thursday. I'm all about them books. I'm all about them grades. But Friday, Saturday was when I got to play. So I, my theme, work hard, play harder. But when I when I got into my career, the play harder part got lost. I started minimizing. I, literally, I'm traveling around the world, but I would only work. I wouldn't even go sightseeing. I've been to New York a thousand times. I've always wanted to go to um, the Statue of Liberty. I've never been. Wow. Because when I would go to New York for whatever I was going for, then I would schedule meetings all around the main meeting. I would schedule breakfasts in the morning, dinners at night. And so the truth of the matter is there was this mindset that in order to truly be successful, it was at the expense of playing.
0: Okay. So help people reconcile that, Sherry, because- There are people out there who they love their job, their career so much, right? That you you know, the statement, right? That if, if you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work.
1: Yeah. You'll never have to work. My dad would say, if you love what you do, you'll never have to work.
0: So help bring some reconciliation to that. Cause there are those that are out there that may say, well, maybe you weren't in a role that was as fulfilling as you're trying to pronounce. So maybe can you dig, can you do some surgery?
1: Absolutely. Let me unpack that because now, moving forward, when I transitioned out of LaFace, um, what I realized, Anthony, was though that was a dream from the age of 14, 15, that was only one dream that I had. See, a lot of times we think that there's only one dream. Now, that was the first dream. So I accomplished that. If, I, if God had not allowed me to crash and burn, first of all, we wouldn't have been here because that is the root of where I'm going. But more importantly, It allowed me to realize in three years what a lot of people don't discover for 8, 10, 15. A lot of people wake up on Sunday and they love the Lord and they go to service and they praise the Lord and they're miserable Sunday night because they're thinking about Monday morning at work, right? So what I realized is that was one dream. People are miserable a lot of times because they've accomplished that one dream. Now allow yourself to dream for what's next. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So when I crashed and burned from my face, I launched Glue, which I had 17 years, which was a strategic consulting firm. And I love what I did. I absolutely loved it. But I also realized that it did not have to come at the expense of the play. And so how I unpack that, how we reconcile that is I learned the value of time allocation instead of what people call time management. You can't manage time. You can't stop it. You can't delay it. You can't, re- you can't go back and redo it. So the only thing you can do is allocate it. And so what I learned is that it's just as important to allocate the time that I want to commit to work that I love. I love what I do. I, I literally could work 24 hours a day and be completely content, but I would be empty. But I would be empty. Right, And so in that time allocation, I had to understand that if I wanted the marriage that I absolutely want, not a marriage where we're roommates, not a marriage out of convenience, and not a marriage that is going to end, that I'm going to have to put as much time and effort into what I need to be as a wife and as a, um, a helpmate. And as a friend, if I want to raise the kind of children that are productive and prosperous, who know and love the Lord, who absolutely understand the, the the joy of confidence, I have to put time and effort and attention into my children. And so what happens is we put all this effort and work and think that a marriage is just going to, because we got married, be great. Because we had children, they're going to be amazing. No. And so when you open up your perspective and understand, I want to be excellent in all of these things, then you understand I can work as hard as I've always worked, but not at the expense of all the other areas of my life that are are as important. Because if you want to know what a person values, look at their checkbook and look at their calendar.
0: Sure so sherry look i i'm I, I gotta ask you to go deeper there and, and here's where i'm here's where i'm going i i pers- so i know you i think okay i'm gonna i'm gonna play angels advocate not devil's advocate right <laughs> so so i'm i'm going to go on record and make the statement that you have a gift uh, a gift uh i mean you have many gifts but in this context of this conversation you have a gift the ability to segment and categorize yourself away from, like, to recognize that, oh my gosh, I'm pouring so much into work that I'm compromising in other spaces. I'm compromising other dreams in my life. The average person wouldn't recognize that, considering the context you're in.
1: And you know what? It makes absolute sense. And and and, and you know me, and let me tell you, you just paid me the highest compliment. And you're absolutely wrong. I do not have that gift. But you paid me the highest compliment because what you said to me is I am the living, breathing example of exponential living. Because it is a daily, second-by-second, minute-by-minute intention for me to show up the way I do. Because I could work 24 hours a day and never... And let me be honest, because, you know, my husband and never talk to my husband, literally just make sure my daughter, it, did you get in the bed? Did you get to school? That is now that is my that is my truth. That is I have to literally and I'm going to be totally transparent because I always am. I lit last night. My husband is traveling right now. Last night, before we got on the phone, I had to go, OK, Sherry, do not talk about work. Do not talk about what you guys have to do. This needs to be a husband-wife conversation. I had to be that intentional. The reason I was late for our call, because <laughs> my mind said 2.30, but let me tell you, because I my daughter today, something that she really has wanted and didn't believe was going to happen, it happened this morning. And I literally stopped my daughter gets out of school early and I literally talk to my daughter for 20 minutes. Intention- so the greatest compliment you've given me is what you said. And I love the fact that you're absolutely wrong. But here's, here's, here's the breakdown of that. I literally go through every quarter and I write down what's most important in this quarter. And then I sit down with my calendar and on my calendar in the morning, it says work out. I have to put lunch on the calendar or I would never eat because I work through lunch. Lunch is on there. I have blocks of time. My calendar actually says, think about things to do with your daughter because I have to be intentional about that. Right? So it is It is truly and, and I teach how to do this, how to really work with time allocation, because I am that person that could work 24-7, because I love what I do.
0: Yeah. Well, it's so, f- because, see, and I'm I'm loving where this is going, because just as sure as I was saying, you have a gift. The reason I was saying that is because I was thinking to myself, I have to carve out time to do all this stuff. So, the, so last night at, at this recording, I don't know when people may be listening to this, but at the moment of this recording last night my wife was battling a little cold so i dropped everything and gave her a foot massage and i said look go go take a warm bath i'm dropping everything i'm going to give you a foot massage and help you get to sleep right and so to your point do you know how many million things are running i mean i had a million things running through my head of things i could have been doing but i literally dropped everything in the moment to give her that quality attention and and, and to your point, it's the same with my daughter. It's the same. Like, oddly, like tonight, I'm thinking, I got to carve out time to call my son. Because as you know, we dropped him off at college just a few weeks ago. And so it's a new rhythm of even engaging my son. So
1: And let me tell you how I got that. You know, the hardest lessons are the greatest lessons. My daughter was, because I didn't fully get it. That's why I say it was a gift of what you said. Uh, and the greatest compliment. My daughter was played her very first lacrosse game. And when I was driving her to the field, um, my girlfriend called and I hadn't talked to her for a while. And so I said, you know what? I'll call her when I get to the game. And so I had my, my phone in my lap. And, you know, when you had the corded AirPods, the air, I had those in my ear. So the phone is in my lap. I've got the AirPods in my ear and my daughter's out on the football field. The game is going. I can see everything. And I only talked to my girlfriend for about maybe a quarter and a half. The rest of the game, I'm watching the game. And my daughter won her very first across game, right? She wins her game. My daughter's very competitive like me. My daughter's very affectionate. I mean, she's 5'4 and still sits in my lap. So I knew she was going to run and jump in my arms and we were going to celebrate. My baby walked up to me. I'm getting ready. I know I'm going to pick her up. She stops in front of me, Anthony. And she says, Mommy. I can't believe you were on the phone for my first ever lacrosse game. And she dropped her head and she walked over, right? I apologize to my baby because what my baby taught me is that my presence, my presence was not enough. Yes, I needed to be present, Yeah, right? I needed to be present. And so I say that to you, even massaging your wife's feet, Being present, because here's the back end of that, the the teaching part, is then we can't feel guilty after we do the foot massage and beat ourselves up saying, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, especially people of faith. Because my favorite book says he works all things for the good of those who love the Lord. There is no way God is going to keep a good thing from you. When he said he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So when a man finds a wife, he finds favor with God. So you mean because you're present with your wife, God is going to not allow blessings and favor to flow? That goes against his word. And so we have to be We but we have to... We have to be so intentional to have that conversation in our own mind, because then we will then beat ourselves up or we won't be present, even though we're taking the action.
0: Man, Sherry, that's so good. And, And oh, man, you got me fired up. It's so true. And I spend a lot of time, as you do, you know, helping CEOs, key executives, high capacity people. You know, athletes, entertainers, etc., understand this premise, and it's amazing how I appreciate so much that you and I are here together, and we're both talking about our disciplines around that. That it wasn't, it wasn't natural. We weren't born with it. Uh, and again, I was, I was. You're right. I was giving. I was like, okay, Sherry was born with it. I got to get up every day and work this thing out. But I just heard you say, no, 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 brother. I, too, have to get up every day and work this thing out, which speaks to the world. For those who are listening, that says you have two of us here now who are getting up every day, working this thing out. So, Sherry, my setup is five domains, personal, family, career, church, spiritual and community. And so every single day, how am I touching those five domains? And and for me, it's a daily process. It's literally Have you done something for yourself today personally? Right. Or what's in your box, your goals, et cetera, family wise for your wife, for your daughter, for your son, what today for your, you know. So I go through my checklist mentally on a daily basis and ask myself that question. Where's the gap in your life today in these domains that you have outlined for yourself? And so, but many people aren't as intentional. So, Sherry, you teach through exponential living. You teach that intentional living, that intentional search for peace. Talk a little bit more about the book that you wrote, Exponential Living, why you wrote it, and give us some context. I, people buy the book. I want everybody, if you're listening, you have to buy this book. Uh, Sherry has been on Steve Harvey. Uh, she travels, she's traveled with John Maxwell. I know this audience knows John Maxwell and his teachings. Sherry has literally been among giants teaching this topic, teaching this thing. Sherry, tell them why you wrote the book uh, and, and frankly, why they should go. I'm promoting it because I've read it and I know the value that it brings to the marketplace.
1: Well, it's it's literally what you just said is um, so many high capacity individuals and then so many others who are literally at a crosswords in their life or they know something's off. but They don't know what to do. Um, To be very honest, I said, if I read another self-help book that just tells me what the challenge is, um, I'm a scream. And I wanted the how, like how. How do I do these things? How do I have peace, clarity, and courage? How do I have a family and a great career? How do I do these things? And so the exponential living, stop spending 100% of your time on 10% of who you are, is the how. There are nine principles that walk you through how to live in your power, which is the first principle. The second principle, healthy living is more than just a diet, which is about relationships, relationships. Right? Because we have to be intentional to your point about your domains. Most people don't even have a strategy on what that even looks like, right? And And I'll, I'll tell you in the book, I had a great conversation with the actors, Boris Kojo and Nicole Ari Parker. And one of the things I talk about is how do you you actually make what's most important, most important? So if you say your family's most important and I look at your calendar and everything is work and there's no family time, what you're saying and what you're doing. And so one of the things Boris said in that interview is not even to stack them in this linear order. He said, for him, it's cyclical. That he's in this constant, to your point about your domains, he's in this constant revolution of touching family, kids, himself, work. And so the book is the how. And so there's nine principles that walk you through this process of what's most important, make it most important. I'll, I'll highlight another one is the fifth principle, uh, which is stop working, start maximizing. Stop working, stop maximizing tell a high performer a high capacity person that like stop working what are you what are you talking about and what that means is i went back to laface records and like i said la reed was my boss and one day la i was in my office working and i had my head down and i looked up and la was standing in my door and basically he had been standing there anthony for about 5 minutes i didn't even notice him Right. So imagine you as the CEO walking up and you're wow. and they don't even look up, right? you you like, hold on. Wow. And so when I finally looked up, he said, Sherry, you are an absolute marketing genius. Like you are literally responsible for millions of albums being sold. And for the younger generation, that was the precursor for downloads. Okay. Music used to come on what we called an album. Um, he was like, You have so you know been responsible. For millions of albums sold, our artists getting awards, he was like, but let me tell you what's going to totally hamper your, your career. He was like, just what was happening there. You always have your head down working. Now, that made no sense to me. And it really didn't make sense when my boss was saying... The hemperton, what's going to hinder my career is because my head's, yeah, like my head's not working. And so literally I was like respectfully like, okay, and I got back to work because I had stuff to do. 10 years later, I was actually, I for 15 years, I used to help Alonzo Mourning, who's a Hall of Fame NBA player, retired, played with Georgetown Hoyas. For 15 years, I would help him help out his uh, summer celebrity basketball game, NBA basketball game. And so this year, I'd been doing it at this point for about 10 years, I'm married, I have a three-year-old daughter, and this is one of those weekends that from Wednesday to Monday, we didn't sleep from, you know, it was just a busy weekend, and I would do it, but this time I'm flying back, and this time when I land, I don't get to just crash for two or three days, because I got a three-year-old waiting for me, right, that hasn't seen me for a week, but as I was flying back to Atlanta from Miami, it finally hit me what LA was talking about. And what I realized is that I was no longer working, I was maximizing opportunities. And what that looked like is everything that came to my desk. If this wasn't an opportunity, I didn't do it because I didn't need to work to be successful. Work just allowed me to be busy. Maximizing opportunities allows you to be productive. Sure. And so I began to understand how to really maximize my time. So here's the thing that the, the what came out of it is when you maximize opportunities, you do more with less time. You achieve more with less output. And so when you accomplish more with less output, you're able to then allocate that time. To other things, whether it's your pets, whether it's travel. And so work is all about being busy, maximizing opportunities, about productivity and moving forward. And so with High Performers, Anthony, when they tell me, I don't have time. No, 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 no. You have time. You've just been working. I want to teach you how to maximize opportunities.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I love it. Oh, man, Th- man, we could go on for hours, literally, but we're coming toward the end. I, I want to ask you, let the audience know how to find you, Sherry. Again, you all, as you see, she is as dynamic, in my opinion, at least as I sh- stated from the beginning. Uh, Sherry, we've sat down, you know, h- husbands and wives together. Uh, obviously, we've continued to build a great friendship. And I'm even going to have you come and engage our Work Faith team. Uh, so, I'm looking forward to that later in the year, or excuse me, top of the top of 22, actually, is when we book for that. So, I'm excited about that. But tell everybody else where they can
1: find you. Yes. So, you can find me at um, website and Instagram, it's share and as well as YouTube, is Sherry Riley, S H E R I R I L E Y. Also on LinkedIn, which is sherryriley.com, and that's spelled out D O T C O M. And you can purchase. Exponential living. Stop spending 100% of your time on 10% of who you are. Everywhere books are sold, everywhere ebooks as well as audiobooks. And for an autographed copy, go to peaceisthenewsuccess.com. Peaceisthenewsuccess.com. And Anthony, thank you so much. I, I we literally, guys, here's the thing I love about Anthony. This right here is our regular conversations, but both, but here's, here's the only, here's the only twist to it. 90% of the time he's pouring into me, <laughs> but with this much richness, he's pouring into me. Oh, <laughs> oh
0: man, God is amazing. Well, it, Hey, it's an honor, sister, to walk with you and have the opportunity to engage you and your husband, Javon. It's been a joy getting to know you all. And I know we have many years ahead. And so I look forward to those opportunities.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. God bless you. And I am so excited about this podcast. I cannot wait to hit my subscribe button so I can get poured into on a regular basis.
0: Oh, man. Well, we're, we're going to do the best we can. Uh, and again, I'm grateful for you and your time. I know you're incredibly busy. So uh, hopefully you can get a little more time with Dominique here. So thanks for joining me. And of course, we'll be in touch very soon. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Work Faith Podcast. Make sure to tune in next time for more conversation around how to find fulfillment through the intersection of work and failure. Now go make the day amazing.